This type of leadership trait, this behavior, is very discouraging to others. The critic is wired to point out what's wrong, and they rarely point out what's right. They have good intentions. They believe that in order to help someone improve, that you have to show them what they did wrong. Welcome to your personal leadership accelerator. This is the Unbusy Leader Podcast with your host and leadership coach, James Mayhew. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Unbusy Leader Podcast. I'm your coach and host, James Mayhew, and it is an honor for me to be able to bring you this episode. We are actually in the middle of a five-part series on the undesirable attributes of leadership that leaders can struggle with regardless of our our position, our age, or or even our experience. And we're in part two today out of five. As with all of my unbusy leadership training, we start with a symptom, and that symptom is being overly busy. And the reality of being overly busy is that it's a sign that there's something not right within our organization. More specifically, we want to look at is there something not right in the way that I'm leading my team? Are there behaviors that I'm doing that are creating bottlenecks with communication or decision-making? Am I empowering my team or am I disempowering my team? These attributes are driven often out of a sense of pride or fear. Perhaps they're driven out of a, a, a mindset of scarcity or they're influenced or amplified when we're overwhelmed and stressed by things like our current economic situation, uh, um, could be relational, or it could be a number of other factors that amplify it. Now, the content that we're talking about in this series is based on teaching that I lead in my Unbusy Leader Masterclass workshops, as well as just coaching that I'm doing with my clients one-on-one or as part of, of a contract that I'm doing with inside their organizations. We take a deep dive into the reasons why we feel overly busy, why we feel hurried, and why we feel rushed. Now I use the word we because the reality is is that when you lead from a posture of being hurried, you create a ripple effect of hurriedness. And I want to remind you that hurriedness is the real sin of busyness. So what happens is your team sees, hears, and feels pressure from your actions around hurriedness. Deadlines get moved up. Assignments and handoffs are incomplete. Things get overlooked, mistakes are made, and the spiral of busyness increases because we have to go back now and redo things. Busyness is so costly, and it's also very sneaky, and it's why I spend so much time working with my clients and business partners to help them level up their leadership. So before we begin our topic today on the next negative leadership attribute that I'm calling the critic, I want to quickly tell you about an upcoming series of live online training that I think you're going to be really interested in. This podcast is sponsored by the Level Up Leaders Training. This is a new training that I'm offering that focuses on six essential skills that separate mediocre leaders from great leaders. And so the Level Up Leader is a virtual six-week workshop and live group coaching program. And it's for anyone who's in a leadership role that is ready to level up and become a better leader for their team, business, and organization. So small business owners, executives, managers, supervisors, team leaders, it's anyone. It's for anyone who is being considered even for a management or leadership role. 
each week, you and others will connect via Zoom for about a 45 minute session of teaching and workshop time with an additional 30 to 45 minutes built in for discussion and then group coaching. And I love this part because we learn from each other. So over the six weeks, you're gonna learn what it takes to become an authentic leader, how to overcome the dark sides of leadership, which is great because we're talking about it in this series, how to set your team up for success with setting clear expectations, how to provide proactive accountability, and then finally, how to lead others who don't report directly to you, but are integral to your team's success. Now, those six topics are what I tend to run into over and over when working with leaders that we've just never had an opportunity to learn this stuff. So this isn't leadership 101 stuff. So new leaders, you're not going to feel like you got left behind because it went over your head too quickly. And just as much experienced leaders, you're not going to feel bored with this. In fact, it's the group coaching element that will enrich the experience for both. So I hope you'll consider being part of that and you can learn more at my website, jamesmayhew.com slash level up. So today we're going to talk about the second negative leadership trait that I'm calling the critic. And we're going to look at how the critic impacts culture and busyness from a couple of different perspectives. So the first thing is, is we're going to identify what a critic sounds like, looks like, and how they behave. And then we're going to also see how, a, how being an overly critical leader contributes to a culture of busyness and the negative impact that it creates all around them. So let's talk about the critic. A critic creates insecure followers. Let me say it one more time. The critic creates insecure followers. This type of leadership trait, this behavior is very discouraging to others. Here's why. The critic is wired to point out what's wrong and they rarely point out what's right. They have good intentions. They believe that in order to help someone improve that you have to show them what they did wrong. But the reality is, is that to help someone improve, you'll actually have better results when you show them what they did right and then show them what they can do better. Now, a, an overly critical leader will unintentionally create a culture of fear where people are always second guessing themselves. Oh, a lot of the training that I do, especially when I'm working with a, a, an organization to identify their culture, is we talk about accidental values that emerge. This could be an accidental value that is emerging. Now, it could be isolated to just a small team. It could even be isolated all the way down to just uh, a leader, manager role and one employee. Now, you know, I always love to talk about StrengthsFinder. And so there are there are some strengths that um, the critical leader may possess that when they overuse them or they apply them incorrectly to everybody else and they think everybody else is thinking the same as them could contribute to that tension between leader and, and direct report. Here's a few examples of strengths that might contribute to that. Analytical, arranger, and strategic. Now, it doesn't mean that if you are any of those or even all three that you're going to be naturally critical to people. You may not be. These are very uh, much driven about data. So let's just take analytical, for example. A person who is highly analytical loves to look at data. They need to see the proof in data. They're very factual based. They're amazingly gifted 
people. But in a leadership role, if you are so analytical and it's then it might be paired with these others, the challenge for you is that you will look at data to see what's not going right. In other words, you're looking, you're, you're probably geared for, for what's going wrong. Let me just remind you all something incredibly important. There is no exact strengths profile out there that, that qualifies you to be an amazing leader or disqualifies you from being an amazing leader. And so when you have this tension, if I'm the leader and I'm giving you critical feedback all the time and I'm leaning through my analytical lens, you need to remember that that could be very discouraging to the person who's receiving it. If that person that's receiving it is also highly analytical, you guys may click really well. But if they're not highly analytical, that could be a point of tension and stress and misunderstanding. In, in my training on giving and receiving feedback, this is one of my the modules of training that I do that is so well received because most people just have never had training on giving and receiving feedback. One of the key elements that I do in that training I emphasize and remind people that praise and recognition is a form of feedback and it is a very critical form of feedback. And one of the teaching points out of that, I'll just give you a freebie right here, is that sometimes it's best to just let a win be the win. So what do I mean? Well, every time that somebody gives a performance, we can always see a way to do it better. But sometimes it's best to just go to that person and say, you did an amazing job today. Specifically, I really liked this part. And then be specific and lay it out. Because pats on the back and attaboys and girls, they're not really specific. And so one of the tenets of giving feedback is that it's gotta be specific, helpful, and honest. But if you're wired to be overly critical, you may wanna jump in and say, hey, that was really good, but you need to do this next time or you should, or you need. And those are some phrases that I really tend to avoid when I'm coaching. Nobody likes to be armchair quarterbacked, right? Nobody likes to hear, great job, but I would do it differently, and then they go in to tell them that. The critic, as a leader, again, we would describe them as an armchair quarterback. They're rarely satisfied, maybe never satisfied. It can feel like that. And... It, again, it just results in insecure followers. Now, all of this creates a busyness ripple effect because when people are afraid to step up they're, or they're constantly second guessing themselves, you, you just don't feel confident in yourself. And that's what I mean by they create insecure followers. And so now everything is going to roll up to you as the manager, as the leader to do things, to make decisions to um to to assign tasks and you again you fall into the role of being a boss when you've got talented people on your team that actually know what needs to be done but they're afraid now and they're second guessing themselves and so that creates a just a culture where everybody's waiting for you to tell them because they're afraid to move forward so let's talk about this from a customer experience impact for a moment let's say that you're on the front line you're dealing with a customer who has an issue and you report to a manager who is overly critical. You may know the right thing to do. You know that you need to make it right. You know what needs to be done. And yet, you're afraid. You're afraid to go and do it because after you've done it, 
and you let your manager know it, who's overly critical, then they always come back with, that wasn't how I would have done it. Next time you should. And do you see what happens? So so instead of in the moment working with that customer and create, giving them an incredible experience and taking care of their problem the best way you can, you tell them instead, let me get back to you on that. I need to speak with my manager. I will get back to you this afternoon or tomorrow. Now the customer on the other end, depending on their urgency, depending on their level of frustration, they may be very upset about that. If you have to put them on hold and and you, you have to get back to them and it's not on the time frame that, that matters to them or they expect, you stand to lose that customer. So you run over to your manager and you tell them the situation. The manager tells you exactly what you need to do. And this is starting to sound a lot like being a, a, a controller, by the way. So critics and controllers are pretty close. This is where the go-between starts to really slow down a transaction. Because maybe the manager didn't take time to listen to the situation with the customer well enough, offered a solution that you know is they're probably not going to like. So now there's this go back and forth. It's a terrible customer experience, but guess what? It's also a pretty sucky employee experience when you know what to do, but you're not trusted to do right because you have somebody that has given you insecurity that has created doubt and fear in your mind about your best way to do things. So let's summarize a few things as we wind down here. The critic creates insecure followers. This type of leader is very discouraging to others. They are rarely satisfied. They rarely give praise, appreciation, or recognition. We describe them as an armchair quarterback. They say phrases like, next time you should, you need to, I would have done it this way. And it creates an accidental culture where people are fearful to do the right things. And then the last piece is this. Critical leaders assign blame but strong leaders take responsibility. And they say things like this, I have not led my team to a particular outcome. And instead of disempowering, strong leaders, unbusy leaders empower people. And they avoid phrases like next time you should. They let the win be the win and then they coach from there. So if you have questions around any of these things, send an email to me. It's coach at jamesmayhew.com. Dot com. There'll be a link in the bio to be able to do that. And even if I don't address your question uh, in, the, in the podcast episode, I will reply to your question by email. So send your questions on and we'll take a look at them. So in, in the next episode, episode 14, we're going to talk about the third undesirable negative attribute of leaders, the rescuer. So I want to thank you again for listening. And remember, the unbusy leader activates the talent, the passion, and the skill of everyone around them.